Well, good evening. Good to see everybody that's here tonight. Glad to have you joining with us online. Uh, whether you're there on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, any of those platforms, be sure to heart, to like, to share, to subscribe, follow us there. Uh, comment there especially. That just helps uh, with those algorithms to get the word uh, out there even more. Uh, let us know you're there, but say a little bit more than that, welcoming others who are there with you also. And want to say welcome to those who are on our phone live streaming. Uh, Thank you so much for being here with us tonight, too. Uh, if you need that number for anybody, please let me know. Uh, we'll be glad to give that number to you. If you have access to the church website, go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab. You can download the worship bulletin for this week. You can download uh, the children's worship bulletins, one for ages 3 and up, one for ages 7 and up. So be sure to download those if you need those in person there in the windowsill to my right, as well as uh, the the others the other the worship guide there the prayer bulletin is in the windows as well as at the doors and then while you're under that info tab be sure to download tonight's prayer list uh, i want to encourage you to do that especially if you're at home online maybe you've given us a prayer request or you need to give us a prayer request we want to encourage you to do that on facebook uh, you can do it on any of the others but this is where we'll see it live is on facebook so be sure to comment there give us any prayer requests you have uh, we're going to be going through the whole list tonight again uh, just to update uh, some on the prayer list and make sure uh, that we have the most current uh, information. Uh, also, while you're there on the church website, go to the far right-hand side, click that Give Online tab, easy platform there to set up your regular giving as well as the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions giving. So please be sure to do that. Uh, be sure to continue to be praying for uh, the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions, uh, praying for those backpacks that we're sending out also. I want to say thank you to those who have helped us with that. I think we have uh, all of those filled. I did not get a chance to look at it before service, but if we don't, we only have one or two left, and we think we've had some individuals who've given us some money uh, to get those uh, for them. Also want to remind you about uh, Trunk or Treat. That's coming up October 31st from 5 to 7. There is a sign-up sheet on the board out here, a sign-up sheet for if you want to do a trunk. Uh, please let us know what the theme is uh, and the, your uh, uh, phone contact number there, so be sure to do that. And then there are some other places there to list uh, if you're not doing that that you want to help with. If you just want to bring candy, just bring You don't have to sign up on the list. Just bring candy and drop it in the box out here across uh, from the offices. Uh, we appreciate those who have done that already uh, as we're going to be using that to reach out to others. But you can come and help us serve food. You can do hot chocolate. You can help us with traffic control, with security. A lot of different ways that you can help us with. Uh, there may be even individuals who need somebody to help them at their trunk. Uh, also, so you can maybe tag team with somebody there, sometimes giving them a break, uh, rotating around. Uh, so come uh, for that, but plan to be, be ready to serve uh, for that also. And so we are, we have, we'll be sending out these cards this week, so be in prayer for that. Uh, we've gotten all those back. Thank you for those who helped us to put the labels uh, on that too. So those should go out, I believe, Friday. Uh, so pray for that. Uh, and pray for just a great outreach on that night. Pray for good weather, <laughs> too. Uh, it won't rain. We always have some iffy weather uh, on that night. So, Brother Mike, turn it back over to you, Brother.
Hopefully, at home, you've had the opportunity to get your prayer list uh, downloaded there. Uh, if you haven't, take the time uh, to do that. If you need to make comments there uh, to give us a prayer request, please go ahead uh, and do that also. Uh, and there is just a tad bit of a delay there online, so uh, feel free to make those comments anytime. Uh, we'll try to go back to the broadcast at the end of the service to make sure if you've uh, shared any with us. So we're just going to go down the prayer list down the family side, then the friends and family side, then the nursing home side. If you have any updates, stop me, please. If you have any praise reports that you want to share, and then as we finish each section, uh, you, you can give me any of those that we need to add uh, to our prayer list. And let me write one down here also. Okay, we have uh, Carolyn and S.W. Stone. Uh, from what I understand from Steve last week, he is doing a little better. He's uh, back home, so uh, continue to keep him uh, in your prayers, uh, but especially also Miss Carolyn. Um, any update anybody else has on them? Vicki Boswell. Mike Durham. Arthur Hargrove. Okay, so uh, one of our members uh, went over, tried to get him to the door, but he didn't get to the door in time, but later she saw him uh, out with his walker there at the driveway, so uh, we encouraged with that, but just continue remember Brother Arthur Hargrove in your prayers. Miss Rosalie Moore. About the same. Uh, she's got a birthday coming up next month. And so she'll be 101, right? I saw Suzanne uh, last week. She said she, you know, she just still trucking my along. Wow. Well. Good days for bad days. <laughs> so her daughter Suzanne said that she's still trucking along, doing fairly good with her, uh, especially at her age. Miss Brenda Gilbert, she has been coming uh, to church and she is doing uh, some better also when I spoke to her uh, on Sunday. So. Uh, we praise the Lord for that. Uh, Myra Watson. Cindy Jordan. Ken Agcock and Donna Agcock. And while we're at Donna, too, we can catch our sisters, too. N nothing about our sisters, either. Okay. All right, so just continue to remember Ken. Uh, and Donna, uh, she has breast cancer there. Ken had, what was it Ken had, Miss Pat? He was supposed to have surgery, but then they decided to do uh, physical therapy instead. Okay. And he's got another surgery coming up. Okay. So he's had a couple of surgery things, one that has passed and one that's coming up. So uh, just keep him in your prayers. Uh, we don't know any other update also. We'll share their names when we get to the other side, but they're on the friends and family side of Donna's sisters. Uh, Cindy Ingram. I've seen on Facebook she's with the grandkids. They've been out traveling, camping, and everything, so I think she is doing really well. Okay, Cindy probably, Ingram's doing good. can remove her. Okay. Betsy Farrell. She comes some and doesn't some. Still has some medical issues there. They're still trying to figure out the things with her legs and... Any? Okay. So November 2nd, she's going to be having the procedure on her other leg uh, for Miss Betsy Farrell, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, we got the report last week uh, after Wednesday night about David Hess. 
David was a great report. Um, the tumor uh, that was at one point the size of about a grapefruit is now about the size of a walnut. Uh, they consider it dead. Uh, and also the surgery is off the table uh, now. So we just praise the Lord for that. Uh, he awesome. is gonna have to have some radiation. Uh, do you know when that's gonna start? I thought Jim said the middle of November. The, I think okay. it's just kind of precautionary follow up with that. Yeah. yeah, so it's just kind of precautionary, but they're gonna be doing some uh, radiation with him uh, probably about the middle of November. Uh, so we just praise the Lord for a great report there. Continue to remember Jim Hess as he's traveling uh, to and being there too for his son. Uh, George Duncan. No update on George. Leona Ross, uh, she had had surgery. She was recovering at home. Uh, the last that I had talked with Rosie, uh, she was doing better, but I have not heard an update on Rosie. I'll try to get an update from her, and we possibly may be able to remove her uh, from the prayer list, too, because I think she's doing pretty good. Mark Raymond, no, he still has his back issues and will probably still continue to have those, but just continue to keep him in your prayers. Uh, Carolyn Waller, she's been coming, uh, has had some back issues also, but uh, she is doing uh, fairly well also. Uh, Brian Tate, uh, just continue to remember him in your prayers uh, with his situations that he has going on. Miss Sandra Wells, I've not heard any update on anything with her, with her kidney stone surgery. Uh, that got postponed uh, because of her uh, insurance and stuff so just keep praying that that'll work out and they'll be able to get that situated and taken care of uh, miss jewel farrell she's still having i think some tests done is that what i understand yeah so still trying to figure out what's going on uh, with her so keep her in your prayers miss hilda corley i believe is in the same uh, situation there also uh, so keep her in your prayers with her tests that she's been having and then bill warren uh, we have him down there as cancer but i talked to kim uh, Sunday and she said she because we've heard conflicting reports some reports we've heard he does have cancer others no uh, but from what Kim told me Sunday he does not have cancer it was a, a, a some other kind of spot that was on uh, his lungs so we just praise the Lord for that uh, he is going to have to have some things done but uh, just want to keep him in your prayers for that but it is not cancer and so we praise the Lord for that and then as far as Highland Baptist Church family, I know there's one that we need to add that I saw on Facebook earlier this week, and I know he probably wouldn't mind us sharing that, and that's Rick German. He's got a surgery coming up at the end of this month, so I want to keep him uh, in your prayers. At least that's what he had shared there on his back. Any others that we need to add to the Highland Baptist Church family or any other updates? All right, on our friends and family side, we have Mike Hauser. And some of these we don't have a name out beside, so we don't remember who actually gave us the request. So if you know who gave us the request, please let us know so we can ask them and follow up with them. Uh, I've not heard any more on Katie Jo Bailey uh, in her situation uh, either, but just keep I her just, in your prayers. I just accepted a free request on Facebook from her, so I'm hoping to maybe keep okay. updated with her. All right. Uh, Sarah Jernigan, who is Sherry Jernigan, who used to be, Sherry Jernigan used to be one of our CDC teachers. Uh, this is her sister uh, who is still in a coma in Chattanooga at the hospital that, or at some facility there. Uh, so keep her in your prayers uh, with that. Uh, Amanda Harris, uh, who has breast cancer, who's Mark Smith's niece. Greg Renfro who's waiting for a kidney transplant. That's the cousin of Bell Royton. Not gotten a chance to ask Bell either about that. Uh, Hoyt Farrell, he is in uh, a nursing home over in Manchester. I uh, don't remember the name of that one. Do you, Johnny? I don't either. So just keep him in your prayers and in his situation, but we're glad he's up here where he's closer for Bobby uh, to check in on and, and take care of. Uh, Buddy Saunders, uh, who is Charles Saunders' uh, brother, want to continue to remember the people of Ukraine, want to continue to remember the people of Israel, uh, and even those who are being affected in Gaza who are not part of uh, Hamas or any of those other uh, organizations there. Just pray for those who are the innocent uh, individuals there. Uh, pray for Mamie Thompson. Uh, this is uh, 
Amy Raymond's mother, uh, who is in her own apartment, but uh, was on our nursing home list, so just keep her uh, in your prayers. Uh, Tracy Strobe, who was on dialysis, Vicki Boswell had given us uh, this request, and I'm not sure how Tracy uh, is doing, but I'll put a note here to check on her. Ryan Bond. Ryan Bond has cancer. I want to continue to remember Rhonda Morris. She's also one of our CDC preschool teachers. Uh, she uh, is cancer-free but still has some pain there, hasn't been able to come back uh, as one of our CDC teachers yet, so just continue to keep her and her family uh, in your prayers as she continues uh, healing uh, from her cancer. Pray for our Calgary Mission Partnership uh, through our association. That work is still going on. We still have groups. We had uh, last year, last summer, we had groups that went, and we had about uh, 50 to 60 kids uh, that we were able to minister through to through various uh, means there with uh, kids camps and things like that. This year, they had over twice that many of kids uh, that they were able to minister to, and so uh, we anticipate that ministry continuing to grow there, and so just continue to pray uh, for the outreach there in Calgary. Uh, Tish, uh, Craig Gray there, uh, this is a relative of Matt Kohler's. I spoke to him today and he said we could remove her from the prayer list. Uh, Randy Tatum, this is Ken Tatum's brother and from the last I've spoken with Ken, uh, they don't expect him to get any better. It's just a continual pro progression downward. Uh, so just keep him in your prayers, keep Ken and his family uh, in your prayers with his brother Randy. Then Lisa Pitts, uh, who has some medical issues. This is Linda Smith's uh, sister. Herb Taylor, uh, who has cancer. So someone that Mark Smith asked us to place on. Uh, Melissa Shuren, she is one of our substitute teachers for the CDC. She has some back issues and such, and so just keep her in your prayers. She continues to uh, ask for our prayers and thanks you for the prayers that you have been praying uh, for her. Uh, she is here sporadically as one of our substitutes. We have Tammy Sparkman, uh, who has bone cancer. She is also the granddaughter of Leona Ross, and because we don't have the update on Leona, we don't have an update there on Tammy uh, either. Debbie uh, Pancratis uh, and her family, um, she has cancer. Lauren Lee asked us to put her on our prayer list. Uh, Bill Hargrove, I meant to speak to Ann today and did not get a chance to about her dad. Uh, this is her dad, uh, Bill Hargrove is, so keep him in your prayers. As he's had some heart issues over the last several months. Seems to be doing better from the last I heard from her about him. Uh, Jake Campbell. He's doing good. He's probably going to be left with a limp. The okay. rest of his life, but other than that, he's doing good, so you can take him off. He's okay, so Jake Campbell, we can remove off the list. He's improving. He probably will have a limp, she said, for the, for the rest of his life, but everything's going well uh, with him. So thank you, Ms. Pat, for that update. Uh, Yvonne Ortiz, uh, who is one that Brian Tate asked us to add, so keep her in your prayers. Christine Cranford, uh, who has skin cancer, and this is Patricia Durham's mother. That's what I thought. And then, uh, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, Janie Town, as well as Terry Parrish, those are the sisters of Donna Adcock that we mentioned this earlier, uh, but we didn't have an update on her or the update on them, so keep them uh, in your prayers with their continued situation. And then Charles Blevins. Kim Tucker, this is one that Stan Smith gave us, uh, who has cancer. Uh, she's an educator down in Franklin County, and then Wilbur, uh, Wilbur Warren, uh, who is Bill Warren's brother. Uh, so keep him in your prayers as he continues to struggle with some issues. Any others for the friends and family side there that we need to add? We need to add Rick German. I, I put him on the family side. You got him over mm -hmm. there. I mentioned him earlier. Okay, I didn't see him. Yeah, we didn't put him on there. I add, added him oh, okay. when we went through okay. the family side. I've been seeing him on Facebook. Yeah. Any others? Okay, in the nursing home uh, and assisted living, we have Mary Campbell, who's at NHC, uh, Peggy Eggleston, who's at Life Care. If any of these have changed, let me know. Uh, Susie Barton, who's at Morning Point. Uh, Miss Bertie Davis, who's at Brookdale. She's able to come to our um, prime timers uh, groups, and she thoroughly enjoys that. 
Uh, so praise the Lord for that. Miss Janet Carter, who I'm very sure is listening online tonight on our phone live streaming. Uh, she listens fairly regularly, so welcome, Miss Janet. Uh, but keep her in your prayers. Flo Floyd Prince and Sue Prince, I uh, want to keep them in prayer as they're at Morning Point, and then Beverly Daniels. Uh, and the last I heard, she was still at the rehab at Life Care. Any others? So take a look on Facebook. I don't see any other comments there. So we'll go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll get on into our Bible study for tonight. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we go through that whole list. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. And Lord, we just want to give you the glory and the honor for who you are. Thank you for sustaining us in life. Thank you for the breath that we breathe, for the, for the food that we eat, for the shelter over our head, for the clothes on our back. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for providing for us and protecting us. Thank you, Lord, for being the holy and righteous God that you are, uh, giving us the standard by which we ought to examine ourselves. And, Lord, as we do, we recognize we, even as believers, are still not perfect. We do sin. And so we ask, God, that as we come before your presence and we recognize your, our sin in our hearts and our lives, Father, I pray that you would forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Lord, we want to... Uh, nothing to hinder our prayers with you tonight and so we uplift our hearts in prayer uh, to each one to you for each one of these that we've mentioned on the list uh, whether they're at home whether they're in the nursing homes whether they're in the hospitals some have upcoming procedures that have uh, are going to be coming up others Lord are, are have come through the procedures but they're just continuing to heal so we just want to give you the glory and the honor for how you have touched those already but we ask God that you'll continue to touch them, continue to bring the healing to them, continue to use uh, their lives and the healing there to be a powerful witness and testimony uh, to the caregivers around them, to their family around them, uh, to the world around us, Lord, that we would share with them the good news of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Show your power in a great and mighty way. And thank you, God, for what you have been doing, for the praise reports that we've heard tonight of those we're able to remove from our list because of the healing that you brought to them. Father, we just give you the glory and the honor for all that you're doing. We ask, Lord, that uh, you would be with uh, the turmoil and trouble that's going on all around our world, be with the people in Ukraine, be with the people in Israel, in Gaza, also those who are the innocent people there. Father, we just pray that you would have your hand upon them to protect them, to watch over them, Lord, to provide for their every need uh, during these times. And Lord, we just want to come before you and ask that you will continue to lead us and guide us as a church. Keep us, Lord, in the center of your will, doing all that you would have us to do, reaching to those who are lost, uh, discipling those who are believers. Father, we pray for our WANA group uh, of children who are meeting tonight, uh, learning your word, who've learned about your word through the Bible story tonight, uh, who are ha having fun and games, but also just uh, memorizing your scripture, hiding it in their hearts that they might not sin against you, learning about missions. And Father, we just ask your blessings. Uh, upon them tonight. Watch over them, protect them, help them to have an awesome night tonight. We pray, Lord, for our youth who are also uh, meeting, who are studying God's Word, learning about the mass that we sometimes uh, hide behind. And so, Father, I pray that you'll stir their hearts uh, to live a more faithful walk with you, uh, Lord, to, to be genuine in their walk and to be hunger, hungering and thirsting uh, after your righteousness. Father, I pray that you'll uh, just give them a passion in their heart like they've never had before. Create a passion and a flame in our hearts too. And Father, we just pray for your will to be done and for your name to be glorified and honored in their lives and in our lives. Lord, be with us tonight as we come to study uh, the end of the book of Haggai, the first of the book of Zechariah. Help us to get through everything you would have us to. And Father, we just want to pray that your word will be powerful, alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. Use it in our lives, Lord, to, to help us, Lord, to make right choices, uh, to help us to see uh, the wrong paths that lie out there before us that we would not choose uh, to follow uh, the devil, that we would not choose to make those wrong choices that incur consequences because of it in our lives. Help us to live faithfully, not turning to the right or to the left. Help us to learn from the lessons of Israel who makes their mistakes here uh, in the Old Testament, who sin in the Old Testament here. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness, of all of our sin. Bless us, Lord. Lead us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Take your Bibles, if you will, turn to the book of Zechariah. If you don't know where Zechariah is, find the Gospels. Find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and just turn back th uh, two books to the book of Zechariah. Uh, we're actually going to turn back to the third book before that. 
uh, because we're going to finish looking at the book of Haggai and the final parts here uh, in Haggai. So last time we were, and I think I maybe told you wrong, we're on point two <laughs> instead of point three. Uh, we were talking about uh, that the messages that Haggai had received uh, were, was about where are you looking. Uh, he told him, uh, he told the people that you need to be looking up. You need to be looking up to God. Uh, but then he changes in the next message that he brings in chapter uh, 2 and verse 10 to verse 19. There's three messages uh, here. There's a first message, a fourth message that we've already seen in chapter 1. This third message uh, is saying to the people, you need to also make sure that you're looking within because of the contamination that is in your heart. So about two months later, after Haggai gives the second message, uh, the Lord speaks to him again and gives him a message about sin. Uh, he, God couldn't bless the people the way that he wanted to bless them uh, because they were living in sin. Uh, if you read the scriptures, you'll understand that the Bible tells us that if you hold on to sin in your heart, you don't deal with sin in your heart, uh, God will not hear from heaven. It places a boundary, a barrier, if you will, between us uh, and God. And so it, it was important that the people keep themselves clean before the Lord. Now, when we see that word clean, don't think perfect. Uh, that just simply means that, that when you sin, you recognize it, you acknowledge it, you come before the Lord seeking his cleansing, his forgiveness, knowing that the next day you may sin again in a different way. Uh, and so uh, always seeking to make sure you're doing the best not to do those things, to live in a way that honors the Lord, but knowing also that if you do, don't let that sin go unchecked, deal with it, repent of it, turn away from it, and turn to follow him. Seek his cleansing, seek his forgiveness. And so the word clean and unclean there were, were very important concepts to the Jews living under the old covenant. In fact, this is one of the major themes of the book of Leviticus. Uh, if, if a Jew became defiled, maybe by touching a dead body or, or an open sore, that person was to be separated from the rest of the group, from the rest of the camp, and required to bathe before they would be allowed to return. And many times there was a time frame that went along with that before they were able to return. Uh, they didn't have doctors and hospitals like we have uh, today either. And so this was also uh, partly some medical uh, things that were going on here, some medical reasons why you didn't need to be back around people because you could contaminate others. If you've touched something dead, you've got disease maybe, you could spread that disease. Uh, same way with open sores uh, on your body. So you had to be set apart and you were required to bathe and, and for a certain time before you could return. Well, in some instances, uh, the individuals had to offer a, a, a proper sacrifice to restore their fellowship with the Lord. And so Haggai goes to the priests who were the authorities on the subject and he asked them two simple questions not for his own education, because he knew the law, but he's asking these questions for the benefit of the people who are present. So if you will look at Haggai chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12, the book right before Zechariah, and you're going to see how it leads right into the book of Zechariah as we go through here. So verse 11 and verse 12 is the first question, and the first question is on holiness. So verse 11 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Ask the priests about the law. Here's the question. If somebody carries, if someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? What would you think? So think about that. He's got his garment on his robe. He's got a fold of it. He's got some holy meat laying in there. He comes up and maybe brushes up against some bread or he brushes up against some other source of food. The question is, does that then, that bread or that other food, become holy then because it touched food that was to be holy, dedicated to the altar? And the priests answer, no, no. So when an animal was presented on the altar as a sacrifice, 
Think about that. The meat was considered holy. It belonged to God. Uh, it was set apart to be used uh, as he instructed. The priests and their families, they were permitted to eat portions of the same uh, of some of those sacrifices, but they had to be careful how they ate it. They had to be careful where they ate it and what they did even with the leftovers. So look at that question again. If a garment contains a piece of consecrated meats that touches food, does that garment make the food holy? And the priest replies, no. Why? Because you cannot transmit holiness in that kind of way. Even though the garment is holy, even though the garment is set apart because of the sanctified meat, this holiness cannot be imparted to other objects by the garment. So that's question number one that he asked. He already knows the answer. He's asking a question to stir them to think about what, what the Lord wants them to understand from these questions. Here's the second question in verse 13. Then Haggai said... If someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? And the priest answered and said, it does become unclean. So Haggai here, he's questioning a question of defilement. Could a person touch another person and make that person unclean? And the answer was obviously yes. Haggai had made his point. You can transmit defilement from one thing or one person to another, but you cannot transmit the holiness. The same principle applies in the area of health. Uh, you can transmit your sickness to somebody else, but you cannot transmit your wellness to somebody else. Just because you're doing great doesn't mean that if you come around somebody else who's doing so sick that you're going to be uh, made better. Uh, you can't share that health with them. And so what's the application of this? Why is he asking these questions? What does all this mean? Well, we see the application in verse 14 down through verse 19. So Haggai answered and said, So it is with the people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. Now then consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of twenty measures, but there were but ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw fifty measures, but there was only twenty. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider this. Is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded Nothing, But from this day on, I will bless you. So what does all that mean? What is it that Haggai is, is driving the point at? The people no doubt were asking, so he tells them. The people working on the temple, they couldn't impart any holiness to it. But they could defile the work of the temple with their sins. Not only was it important that they do God's work, it was also important that they do that work from a heart that was pure and devoted to God. So understand this, you can do things for the Lord without in your heart desiring to do those things for the Lord. It's kind of like when we were kids, or you maybe even have kids, and you tell them to do something, and they're, hmm, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to be happy about it. You know, we would do the same things. Well, that's kind of way, the way they were. They would do some of the work, but they were still living in sin, and so it negated the work they were doing because they were doing it with an unholy heart. They were doing it out of the wrong reasons. And so the prophet here, Haggai, begins to review their recent history. During the years when they were selfish, they experienced the discipline of the Lord. That's what he's talking about, uh, about all the things that happened there. When you went to go get uh, the, the meal there, it wasn't there. When you went to get oil, uh, there wasn't enough there. Why wasn't enough there, he's saying. 
because you were being disciplined. The Jews weren't keeping the terms of the covenant, so God could not bless them like he had promised to. And, and their economy begins to fall apart. You know, God wants to bless us. God wants us uh, to, to prosper in his work with him. We're not talking about a health, wealth, prosperity gospel. We're just talking about God wants to bless us. He doesn't want to have to punish us. But if we disobey God and we refuse to do what he's told us in his word, he cannot bless us the way his word says. And so when the grain was in the fields, God, he says, smote it with mildew and hail. After the grain had been harvested, the supply didn't last. Why had God done this to his people? He did it to get them to turn back to him with all their hearts. But notice verse 17, yet you did not turn to me. They were so concerned to build their own houses that they had ignored the house of God, which was the whole purpose and reason they came back from the, from the exile in Babylon is they had heard about what had happened. Uh, you remember Nehemiah who heard about what had happened and how everything lay waste, uh, and he cries and weeps uh, and, and then prays before uh, God there as he goes to speak to King Artaxerxes to get permission to go back to finish rebuilding the wall, to finish rebuilding uh, the things there. Ezra had taken a group back before, and it was Ezra's group that had started this work on the temple, but it just was a foundation that lay there for 16 years, and they didn't do anything to build on it. I mean, think about that. Uh, you, uh, us building a church here and, and just having a foundation for the next 16 years and nothing else that goes on with it. Well, that's what was happening here. They were working on their own houses. They were rebuilding their own houses instead of rebuilding the temple which was the very task that brought them back to Jerusalem. And so Haggai is issuing a call to repentance. And with that call comes the assurance of God's blessings. If you follow God, if you do what he's told you to do, verse 18 and verse 19 there, he will bless you. So he's reminding the people of the promise that God had given Solomon after the dedication of the temple in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, that says, If my people, which are called by my name, you remember the passage, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways? Then, so it's a conditional statement. If we will do those things, then he will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their lands. If the workers had been devoted to the Lord when the foundation of the temple was laid, God's blessing would have followed immediately. But the people were sinful at heart. Sin, Their sin grieved the Lord and it defiled the work. And so in verse 19 he says, Is seed yet in the barn? He asked the group, and they would have had to answer no. It was late December. So remember when this is going on. It's late December, not the harvest time. It's after the harvest already. The men had just plowed the, the fields for the winter crops. Haggai was calling on them to trust God for the future harvest. And so it was another example of putting God's interests first, and then God will take care of of the rest. From this day, he says in verse 19, I will bless you. So understand this lesson from this message. Sin always hinders the work of God and it always robs us of the blessings of God. It was the sins of the people that brought the destruction of Jerusalem. It was the sins of the people that brought the captivity of the nation and their sins could hinder the rebuilding of the temple and the renewing of the Jewish nation in their own land. In fact, the Bible says this in Proverbs 14 and verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, Proverbs 14, 34. So Haggai has asked the people to look back. He's asked them to look within, and they've learned about God's glory and God's holiness, and now there's another lesson for them to learn, to look ahead. To look ahead to the coronation in verse 20 down through verse 23. So Haggai's encouraged the Jewish people to stay on the job, finished God's temple, and now he has a special word of encouragement for them. Pick up with verse 20. 
The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, who's the governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheltiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. So here's a message of encouragement for Zerubbabel. The, the governor is delivered on the same day as the third message, December the 18th. Uh, being a faithful preacher of the word, Haggai is always listening to God's voice, always sensitive to whether the Lord uh, wanted him to say something or to do something. Uh, and so God tells him a message here. Zerubbabel is the grandson of King Jehoiachin, uh, and so uh, he is therefore of the royal line of David. But instead of wearing a crown or sitting on a throne, Zerubbabel was the humble governor of a struggling remnant of the Jewish nation that's trying to complete the building of a rather disgraceful temple that they've left in such disrepair for 16 years. What a discouraging situation for a royal prince to be in. And we talked about this before, that we find out that Haggai's message is one of the few that the people, we find out that the people do listen to and the people do respond to, that the people do repent in. Well, we find out here that it's also not just about the bad. He wants to give a word of encouragement also here uh, to Zerubbabel, the special word of encouragement. Uh, so were the nations around Jerusalem larger and stronger? Sure. But rest assured, the Lord is going to take care of his people Israel as he has always done in the past. The same God who enabled Moses to defeat Egypt and Joshua to conquer the nations in Cana is the same God who was going to protect his people so that his purposes could be fulfilled through them. Israel would endure until the last days, and then the Lord says he will defeat their, her enemies. He will establish her in her kingdom. Now the Lord calls Zerubbabel here my servant. It, that's an exclusive title that's reserved for specially chosen people. So Zerubbabel was a specially, uh, was indeed chosen by the Lord. Notice how what God compares him to. He says, you're going to be like a signet ring. Now that makes no sense to us what a signet ring is. I mean, I have a wedding ring on, but that's the only ring I wear. Uh, some people will have a class ring uh, that they might wear. But what in the world is a signet ring here? Well, a signet ring was a royal ring. It was used by kings to put their official signature on documents. So they would have a document, uh, they would take some wax uh, that they would put down in the document or to even seal the document with, and they would use that signet ring, take it off, and they would press it into that wax so that when whoever received that document, either on the inside or there as a seal on the scroll outside, would show to them this is for sure from Zerubbabel or for sure from whatever governor or Caesar or whoever is the official person uh, that the signature ring is being used for. And so it was the guarantee, not only would it be just that this is, is from who it says it's from, it would also hold with it by having that stamp on it, it would hold with it the guarantee that the king would keep his promise and fulfill the terms of the document. We talked about Zerubbabel's already. He's the ancestor or the descendant of, of King uh, Jehoiachin, uh, who, had been, who had been rejected by God, but Zerubbabel is accepted by God. Jeremiah 22, verse 24, God was reversing the judgment and renewing his promise that the Davidic line would, would not die out and would one day bring uh, the, uh, the world a Savior. That's why we find Zerubbabel, when you look at the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew and in Luke, you'll find Zerubbabel's name in that genealogy. So this message that Haggai is giving to him must have encouraged him. Stay faithful, Zerubbabel. Stay on the job. Finish the work God's given you to do. He was special to God. He was chosen by God. He was a servant of God. He was as near and dear to God as the king's signet ring. The people of Israel 
would have many centuries of struggle. They would have many centuries of suffering before them. But the Messiah would come, and one day Israel's enemies would be defeated, and the wonderful kingdom would be established. Now, when you read the Old Testament, you see here how salvation history progressed from age to age to age, moving forward uh, and moving toward the fulfillment of the Messianic promise. Many people play different roles in the drama of what goes on in God's history. But each one of them was, per, was, was important. You think about Abraham, he founded the nation. Isaac and Jacob, they built upon it. Joseph protected it in Egypt. Moses redeemed the people from Egypt. Joshua, he gave them their promised inheritance. David established the kingdom. In spite of sin, in spite of suffering, in spite of failures, the Davidic line never ceased to be. And the day came when Jesus Christ, the son of David, was born in Bethlehem. Think about it. When we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, people remember Mary and Joseph, remember the Magi, remember the shepherds, remember even the wicked King Herod, but rarely do we ever think of a person like Zary Babel, a humble player in the drama, but a faithful person in this drama. We cannot leave Haggai without noticing some examples and some lessons for us today. Let me give, you, give those to you quickly as we get into Zechariah. One, the word, the work of God is begun, is sustained, and is encouraged by the word of God. The work of God is begun, is sustained, and encouraged by the word of God. Ezra 6, verse 14, uh, so it says, So the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, a descendant of Edo. When God's servants proclaim God's word in the power of the Spirit, things begin to happen. Uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Is it not clear, as you take a bird's-eye view of church history, he said that the decadent periods and eras in the history of the church have always been those periods when preaching has declined. What is it that always heralds the dawn of Reformation or of a revival? It is renewed preaching, hearing the word of God. The second lesson we learn is this, is that as God's servants, God's servants must work together to build God's temple for them and for us to continue God's work. So Haggai and Zechariah, uh, who's an older, an older man and a younger man, Haggai being the older, Zechariah being the younger, they both ministered the word, of the, Jew, the word of God to the Jewish remnant, and God blessed their efforts. It's tragic when preachers and churches compete with one another and even carry out public disputes that gives the enemy ammunition to, to oppose the gospel. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says, For we are laborers together with God. And so Zechariah preaches, Haggai preaches, they're not in competition with one another. We're not to be in competition with other churches, with other servants of God. We're to be working together as fellow laborers in the work of God for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Third lesson, when the outlook is bleak, Try the uplook. When the outlook is bleak, try the uplook. Because apart from God's promises, we have no hope. Vance Habner used to say, faith sees the invisible, chooses the imperishable, and does the impossible. Our work today is a part of God's work in the future, and we ought to want to do our best. The fourth lesson from Haggai is this. Putting God first is the guarantee of God's best blessing. Why should God's work suffer while we pursue pleasure, while we comfort ourselves? That was the questions Haggai was asking. Uh, an affluent generation of Christians even today is wasting God's generous gifts on, on trivial things. And, uh, that, that, and we're going to have a lot to answer for when, when the Lord returns. So make sure that you're putting God first, not things first. And then apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, our labor is in vain. 
Uh, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God is still demonstrating his power. He is still receiving great glory through the weak things of this world. And if we're too strong in ourselves, the Lord cannot use us. That's what ruined King Uzziah. 2 Chronicles 26 verse 15 said, For he was greatly helped until he became powerful. In other words, until he came, became too big for his britches. Until he thought he was hot stuff, that he didn't need God. Next, we're going from Haggai here to Zechariah. So let me just give you some of the beginning things here. Uh, it's the same message that Zechariah is preaching here first. Now, uh, we're going to see here uh, verse 1 and verse 2. Uh, we see it's a return to God uh, that he's calling for in Zechariah 1, verse 1 down through verse 21. Uh, it's the same message to repent, to return to the Lord. Let's just look at the first two verses is all we'll get to uh, today. So it says, in the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, that was also part of Haggai's time, the word of the Lord came to, prophet, to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, saying, the Lord was very angry with your fathers. Now, understand who Zechariah is. 31 men in the Bible have the name Zechariah. It means the Lord remembers is what his name meant means. The prophet Zechariah, we find out, was a young man when he wrote this book. You see that uh, over in verse 4 of chapter 2. Uh, he said to him, run, say to that young man, uh, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as villages uh, without walls because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. So he's talking to a young man here. So Zechariah is a young man uh, here who wrote, when he wrote this book. So he must have been born in Babylon in the captivity uh, and comes to Judah with Zerubbabel in 537. His father, according to verse 1, is Berechiah, who probably died young. His grandfather is Edo, who adopted him and raised him. Edo was a priest. We find that in Nehemiah chapter 12. So Zechariah was both a prophet and a priest, like Ezekiel was, like John the Baptist was. So he began to preach about two months after Haggai started preaching and a little over a month after the Jews started back doing the work of rebuilding the temple. So Haggai's ministry was focused on stirring the Jews to action while Zechariah's messages are given for their encouragement. We'll see that down in verse 13. Uh, verse 13 says that the Lord answered gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. So, so it's an encouraging word here. Both of these prophets motivated the people by predicting future glory uh, for the temple and future greatness for Israel. So Zechariah is going to have a lot to say about the future of Jerusalem and the coming of the Messiah. He presents the Messiah as a king in chapter 9, verse 9. He presents him as a stone in chapter 3, verse 9, and in chapter 10, verse 4. He presents the Messiah, get this, as a slave sold for 30 pieces of silver. Hundreds of years before Judas ever betrayed Jesus. He's declared a slave sold for 30 pieces of silver in chapter 11, verse 12. He's referred to as a suffering shepherd in chapter 13, verse 7. He's referred to as the branch in chapter 3, verse 8, chapter 6, verse 12, and the Redeemer and the Ruler of Israel all throughout chapter 14, that last chapter. Now, we know nothing about Zechariah's life or his death. His prophecy is quoted or alluded to at least 41 times in the New Testament. Zechariah is a visionary prophet. As we said, when we looked at the book of Haggai, the last of the three minor prophets uh, have to do with the children of Israel in the period of time just after the captivity, as they come out of the captivity. God had punished them by sending them into the 70 years of captivity in a foreign land. Upon their return, uh, there were things that needed to be done. Responsibilities were there. God gave a message to Haggai and to Zechariah and to Malachi challenging the remnant of the people about what they needed to do after those days of captivity. They needed instruction. So Zechariah is the longest of the minor prophets. There are 14 chapters. Zechariah was a prophet 
but as we said, he's also a priest. We're told in Zechariah 1.1, he's the grandson of Edo, who came back to Jerusalem, Missouri, Babel, in one of the first returns of the people. Haggai delivered that series of messages of encouragement to the people to rebuild. But here's Zechariah, who's going to give this series of visions from the Lord, of, of these visions that God shows how the nation of Israel fits into the plans of God for the world in the days of the future. Most people would have thought, look at what they did to you, God. Why would you accept them back? Why would you take them back after all that rejection they turned their backs upon you? But God shows us all throughout this book of his grace and of his mercy. Two keys that will help us to understand the book of Zechariah. If you'll keep in mind that Zechariah talks about Jerusalem and Jesus, you'll understand a great deal of what we're going to read there because it's a message about the coming Messiah. It's a powerful, powerful book uh, that we're going to see here in the book of Zechariah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word tonight. Thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. And we pray and ask, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit will continue to stir our hearts as we've heard the message from Haggai, as we're beginning into the book of Zechariah. Lord, give us a hunger and a thirst for your word, to want to know you more fully, to want to experience your power and your glory and your majesty in our lives uh, more and more each day. So, Lord, we ask your blessings upon us uh, as we continue to draw closer to you. Lord, if we're here tonight or we're watching or listening online and we don't know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, Lord, I pray that we would call out to you and ask for your forgiveness, seeking your forgiveness and repenting and turning away from our sin to turn and follow you. So Lord, I pray that there would be those who would do that, who would call upon the name of the Lord and that they would be saved. Lord, bless us in the days ahead. Keep us in your word. Keep us in your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us. As I look back on Facebook, I don't see any comments there. So thank you so much for being with us, for bearing with us going through the entire list uh, there tonight during our prayer time. We'd like to do that about every six weeks uh, just to kind of keep things cleaned up on the list. So thank you so much. We'll see you Sunday. Let me just share with you Sunday. Uh, we got a special call uh, Sunday afternoon from uh, our, our group who was here last Christmas, um, Chosen Road. They're not going to be doing a Christmas concert for us, but they're coming Sunday morning. Uh, they're going to begin about 10, 15 minutes before our service begins at 1030. So if you can come in person, you'll get an extra blessing there with the, that extra 10, 15 minutes. Uh, we'll sing a congregational hymn, and then we'll turn it back over to them just like we did with Mercy's Well. They'll be here to sing with us. It's going to be a wonderful blessing. If you cannot be here with us in person, please join us online. You don't want to miss this. Uh, in fact, just recently, let me just share this with you as we close. Uh, Chosen Road just recently was, was nominated for two of their songs in the first round of the Grammy Awards for two of their songs. And so uh, what an outstanding accomplishment there. So keep them in your prayers as they're traveling around. We will see you this coming Sunday, 915 for Sunday school, 1030 for worship. You have a blessed week, a safe week. We'll see you this Sunday.